Well, good morning, everyone. How are we? Pretty good. How about those Huskies, huh? Right, right. I'm a Wolverines fan, okay? Anyone here a Florida State fan? Ooh, pretty brutal for you if you don't know yet, okay? <laughs> Just a heads up, right? You might really need this message today. Um, it's so good to be with all of you today. My name is Ryan. For those that are new or visiting, I am the lead pastor here at Arbor, and we are starting, as it's already been mentioned, a brand new Christmas sermon series called The Ever-Present God. The Ever-Present God. And throughout the next four weeks, here's what we're going to be doing through this Advent season. We're going to be looking at our anxieties and our worries and our concerns and our failures and our hurts, and we're going to be looking at how Jesus is present with us through all of those things, how he is present with us in the valley, how he's present with us through the wilderness, how he's present with us through the storms, um, how he is with us not just in the good times, but he's also with us in the worst times, in the bad times. Because think of it like this. Uh, I'm sure if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you would say that it's pretty easy to sense the presence of God when things are going well, right? Like when you get that job promotion or you get that year-end bonus that you were hoping for or when your kid comes home with that great report card or you happen to be shopping at Costco on a Saturday on the holidays and you get that perfect parking spot, you know what I'm talking about? Like you just feel like the presence of God is with you in that moment, right? You can, we can sense him on the mountaintops, but that's not always what life is like, is it? Sometimes we have those experiences, sometimes, but not always. In fact, I would say more often than not, we are deeply aware that most of our lives happen not on the mountaintops, but in the valleys, in times of hardship, in times of battle, in times of hurt and pain. And these valleys that we go through in life, they can be pretty daunting. And they can cause fear and anxiety and uncertainty to well up in our lives. And so today, as we start this brand new Christmas series called The Ever-Present God, I don't want us just to focus on the mountaintops of life. In fact, today, I want us to pay special attention to the valleys. Because hear this, while we may marvel at God on the mountaintops, we venture toward intimacy with him in the valleys. Well, we might marvel at God on the mountaintops, we venture toward intimacy and closeness with God as we walk through and as we journey through the valleys of life. Now, before we dive into the valleys and discover how God is very present with us in the midst of those valleys, I want us to read our theme verse for this series, and we can find that in Matthew 1, verse 23, and it says this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now this idea of God with us or the name of God that Matthew uses here, Emmanuel, is such a powerful idea that over these next few weeks, I really want us as a church and as a people to take hold of this idea of God with us, the name of God, Emmanuel, that our God is ever present with us, not just on the mountaintops, but in the valleys below. Because this particular idea of God with us, of Emmanuel, gets at this theological idea known as the incarnation of God, the incarnation of God. And what that means simply is this, 
that, that we worship this holy, all-powerful God who is unlike anything or anyone else in the created universe. And that gets at this idea of the transcendence of God, that he is so other than us. But the incarnation of God says that this God who is so holy and powerful and so different than anything or anyone else in the created universe became like us. He took on human flesh and he walked in our midst. And this isn't just some sort of theological idea to think about and try to explore because it's so deep and it's so fascinating, but this idea of the incarnation of God, it has life-altering implications for us as we go through the valleys of life and as we'll see in the weeks to come as we go through the wilderness and as we go through the storms. This idea that, that the God of the universe came and dwelt among us it is the most powerful reminder that our God is truly the ever-present God. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how God is present with us, even and especially in the valleys. Because as I mentioned earlier, it's very easy for us to sense the presence of God when things are going well and we're on the mountaintops. But it is far, far more difficult to sense the presence of God as we navigate the valleys, isn't it? Now, many of you probably didn't know this, a quick little history lesson. I didn't know this before I did my study for this week, but, but the Israelites, the people of God throughout the Old Testament, they were actually what was known as Highlanders. Highlanders, now not the show with the warrior, the Highlander, okay? That's not what they were all like. But simply put, what this means is that like quite literally, they lived on the mountaintops. And very rarely throughout their story in, in the Hebrew Bible did they ever take like dominant possession of the valleys of the promised land. In fact, this was so much the case that God at one point said to the king of Israel in 1 Kings 20 verse 28, he said the Arameans, and these were like enemies of the people of God, think that the Lord is a God of the hills and not a God of the valley. That was the reputation that the, that the God of Israel, that our God had, to the people of the promised land during that season. The enemies of the people of God thought that the Israelites couldn't take hold of the valleys, that their God wasn't powerful enough to give them victory within the valleys, but what we're gonna see this morning is that our God is not only a God of the hilltops and the mountaintops and, and the good times, but our God is the God of the valleys. He is a very present God in the midst of our hardship and our anxieties as we walk through the battles and the pain of the valleys. He is powerfully present in both. You know, it makes me think a little over two years ago, um, I was on a mountaintop. I was on a, now not literally, because I was living in the Midwest at the time, okay? There were no mountains there. I was figuratively on a mountaintop. And, and I, was, I was serving at this church, and this particular weekend was Easter weekend. It was a bigger church. I, I got to preach my first Easter weekend, four services. We had like 4,000 people. I thought at the end of that weekend, I was like, this is it. I, 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 it can't get any better than this. My wife Carrie was serving on staff with me at this church. Our kids were doing well. The church was thriving. Uh, it was like this mountaintop experience. We, we were on this mountaintop, April of 2021. But little did we know that four weeks later, we'd be in the middle of a valley. Without going through all the gory details, essentially what happened was we had a handful of staff members uh, that, that were hurting and that felt like things were unhealthy on our team. And so as we began to talk with them and meet with them and engage with them, we realized they were right. They were right. There were some things that were wrong 
with what we were doing, there were some things that were unhealthy. And honestly, as we began to explore this and talk about this, it was exciting at first. Because we thought, man, man, if things are this good when we're unhealthy, just imagine what God's going to do when we get healthy. <laughs> Little did any of us know that the journey would lead some of us through the deepest and darkest valleys that we would have ever walked through in our lives. And for many of you here this morning, this is your story. This is your story right now. Like you can think in your mind of, of a time in your life where you were very recently on a mountaintop. A few months ago, a few weeks ago, maybe a few years ago. And you can think back to that moment right now and you can be like, yes, I remember, man, things were so good. Looking back, it felt like we had no worries and no concerns, even though you were, if you were to go back in time, you would know that your heart would still be full of worries and anxieties. Isn't it so interesting how our minds have this way of playing that trick on us, that trick where we're like, we look at the past with rose-colored lenses? But we all have this like, image in our mind of something, some mountaintop experience we've gone through, but then out of nowhere, out of left field, tragedy strikes, we lose a job, we get some insurmountable medical bill, a, a relationship falls apart, and, and we are thrown into the valley, and maybe that's where you're at today. You just find yourself plodding along, barely getting by. You, you barely got yourself out of bed this morning to come to church today. You're so stuck in the valley. Or, or maybe your situation is a little bit more nuanced than that. And maybe as you look out over your life, man, you're like, man, there's so many things that are going good right now. Uh, my family life is really strong and I've got this job and, and, and it's providing and, and, and I've got this church and, and things are going well, but there's like one thing, like one thing in your life. You know, maybe it's a financial thing, maybe it's a health thing, maybe it's a relational thing, that when your mind goes back to that thing, it pulls you all the way back down into the valley again. So part of what I wanna do today is try to answer this question, where is God in the valley? Where is God in the valley? What's, what's interesting in the scriptures is that as you look at them, the, the valley can represent a variety of things. The, the valley actually sometimes can represent good things like flourishing and growth and thriving. But more often than not, valleys represent battles and pain and hardship and judgment. And so what's important to note here is that this idea of valleys, while they do come with pain and hardship and difficulty, they can also be times of thriving and growth. Again, while we may marvel at God on the mountaintops, we venture toward intimacy with him in the valleys. And so here's, here's how I wanna spend the rest of our time together. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and get those out and turn to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. Now many of you have might have read this psalm before, um, and, and you, you got to the couple verses that we're gonna look at today. We're just gonna look at a couple, verses five and six, and you might have just kind of blown right past them because you're like, I'm not sure what that means, and this doesn't quite make sense, and my hope is today that as we look deeply at these two verses in Psalm 84, verses five and six, that you have a greater understanding of what it means to walk through the valley and where God's presence is in your life as you walk through that valley. And so Psalm 84, we're gonna start in verse five and we're gonna see where God's presence is in the valleys. The psalmist writes this. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. 
Okay, so the first question, the first question that I want to answer about these two verses is what is the Valley of Baca? What in the world is the Valley of Baca? Essentially what this was was a real, literal, physical place that the Israelites called the Valley of Baca because there were these trees there that were called Baca trees, okay? And they were called Baca trees because these trees for a certain season would ooze this kind of sap out of them. And, and, and this sap made it look like the trees were crying. Like they were weeping, and so the people of Israel would call these trees weepers or weeping trees. And in fact, your translation might translate that phrase, the valley of Baca, as something like the valley of tears or the valley of weeping or the valley of loss. And so again, many times as we journey through valleys in this life, we're going to experience loss and hardship, and pain, and loneliness. In fact, as, as the people of God, as the Israelites journeyed through these valleys, it was a tremendously dangerous thing. It was dangerous because they'd encounter thorns, they'd encounter wild predatory animals, there'd be thieves and robbers waiting to jump you as you were journeying through the valleys, you were exposed to the elements. In fact, what we see throughout scripture is that as people are journeying through the valleys, very, very rarely, do you go through a valley without something bad happening to you? Very rarely. And this is why the psalmist says this in verse five. He writes, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Blessed are those whose strength is in God. Now I'm not naive enough to think that in a room with this many people, all of us have a relationship with God. There are some of you here today who don't and you are warmly welcomed here. We are so glad you're here. And you might be confused, you might be searching, you might be doubting. Again, we welcome you here, but what I want to say to you in love, but with honesty, is that as you journey through a valley without God, what you have is all that you have. Does that make sense? But the strength inside of you to get through the valley without a relationship with God is all the strength you've got. So when you run out, you run out. But for those that believe and have this relationship with God, with Jesus, there is a really powerful truth here. There is a really powerful truth that in our weakest moments, as we're journeying through the valley, when we feel drained, when we feel like we have no strength left, what you have is not all that you have. What you have is not all that you have because those who find themselves hidden in God find themselves empowered by God's strength that carries them through the valley. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. It's not our willpower. It's not our strategies. It's not our own strength. It's his strength. It's a strength that goes beyond our strength. Let me try to paint a little picture for you of what this looks like, okay? Um, two years ago, when we were going through that really dark valley, I had a friend reach out to me, and his name is Jim. Now, Jim lived about 10 minutes away from my house, and he was a little over 10 years older than me, and he invited me to come work out with him in the mornings. And I said, I'll give anything a shot. Let's try this, okay? Now, here's the thing you need to understand about Jim. Jim was like this former college track star, he was like this great salesman. I mean, he looked like Captain America, okay? And, 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 and so, so he just had like, this, like this, this energy and this lust for life, and he was like, we're gonna work out at 5.30 in the morning, and I said, what's wrong with you? 
But I was like, I'll go do it, I'll do it. And so like in the fall and in the winter in Michigan, I would get up at the crack of dawn and I would drive over there and he had this little like workout shed thing that wasn't insulated and he had this like little space heater and it was freezing in there and he, he would have us do these crazy workouts. He'd barge into the place and he'd turn on ACDC and I was just like, what is going on right now? And, and he'd write these workouts on this, this uh, whiteboard and we'd do all these things that would just absolutely annihilate my body. And so one time, I remember we were doing like these like squat things. I don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask what it was. And, and, and we're doing these things, and I am dying, okay? Like me just showing up that day was enough, and I am dying. I'm working out with him and another guy. These guys have a bunch of weight on their thing. I've got barely anything at all. But listen, I'm, I'm trying my hardest, but like I said, I am dying. But Jim, he is behind me, and he's saying, one more. You can do more. And he's spotting me. He's like saying, keep going. Keep go by, by the very end of it, I wasn't even doing anything. He was essentially curling the bar <laughs> for me the whole time. But here's the deal. In those moments, Jim's strength was beyond my strength. Jim's strength was carrying me through those workouts. And listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got a gym. You've got a gym there for you, okay? J-I-M, Jim, okay? Helping you, strengthening you when you're going through the valleys of life and it feels like you have no strength left to move forward, that's okay. Because the psalmist doesn't say, blessed are those who are the strongest. The psalmist doesn't say, blessed are the ones who can dig deep and pull themselves up by their bootstraps. The psalmist doesn't say that. The psalmist writes, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Blessed are those who depend on and lean on the strength of God in the midst of the valleys. When you hit the end of your strength, that's a gift. Because it's in those moments that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. If you're in the middle of a valley right now, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have access to very real, very present power of a good God who is available and ready to come assist you in your time of need. I know our world celebrates this idea of the self-reliant, strong, independent person, but listen, we don't see that kind of person celebrated at all in the scriptures. We don't. You were not designed to be independent. You were designed to be dependent on God. That's what you were designed for. And for some of you today, hear this. This is what you need to hear. This is what you need to hear. Our ever-present God is here right now. And he is waiting for you, some of you, to lean into this and to cry out to God, God, I can't do this on my own anymore. I've tried everything. My plans have failed. My strength is failing. God, I need you. Your God is present and he is here and he is waiting for you to cry out and say that to him, to lean into him. Remember, blessed are those whose strength is in you. In verse six, as we dive deeper into this passage, what we see as we look closer is this valley of Baca, while it was quite literally a physical place, it's also meant to be a metaphor. It's meant to be a metaphor for all the challenges that we face in this life. But here's what makes this psalm really interesting. The psalmist says a couple of things in this verse, in verse six. Listen to this. The psalmist writes, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Okay, so here's the first thing. Again, as they pass, what was it? Through. 
through the valley of Baca. Hear this. You might be in the valley right now. That might be your reality. But the valley is not your destination. The valley is not, your, it's not where your GPS is set, okay? You're just going through. You have to get through it right now. It might be taking longer than you want it to. It might be harder than you thought it would be. But remember, you are just going through it as they pass through the valley of Baca. It's not your home. The valley is not your home. You're just going through it. You're just passing through. Your God will get you through. David wrote about this in Psalm 23. He said, even though I walk, what? Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I I might be in the valley right now, but I'm just passing through. I I might be in a difficult situation right now, but God's strength is going to get me through. I might be hurting right now, but listen, I'm not gonna be hurting forever because God's going to get you through. He will get you through it. And sometimes, listen, when you're in the middle of the valley, I get that that seems impossible and your prayer, you cry out to God, and you're like, God, get me out of this thing. Where's the escape hatch? I'm done with this, and I get that, and I've prayed that prayer before. But what God wants you to realize in the midst of your valley is that yes, you will eventually make your way out of that valley, but there's no special escape hatch. The only way out is through. The only way out is through, but hear this. There is purpose in the valley. There is purpose in the valley. It's not just a place of pain because the path through the valley can not only lead to peace, but you can experience peace in the valley. It's not gonna last forever, but listen, if you're in a valley, don't miss the incredible opportunity that the valley presents. The valley presents you with an incredible opportunity to grow so near to God you would have never imagined having that close of a relationship with him. Second thing I want us to see in verse six. How do we experience this? How do we experience this? I want us to see this in verse six. I love this. The psalmist writes, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. What does that mean? They make it a place of springs. If you're using... Uh, King James Version, for the OG Christians in the house. Um, That translation says they they make wells. They make wells. In other words, whenever you're going through a valley, when you're going through a dry place, when you're going through a difficult season, what should you do? You should start to dig. You should start to dig. Now, I don't know about literally, you know, like if you, you know, your spouse sees you out in the backyard digging a hole and you're like, what are you doing? Like, I'm in a valley, I gotta dig. Don't do that but you should start digging. In other words, listen, here's here's what's meant by this. You make a way and you make a place for the provision of God in your time of need. That's what God's calling you to do. God hasn't sent it yet, but when you're weary, when you're tired, when you're hurting, you make room. You make space for the presence of God. You make a place for the provision of God. But Ryan, it's not raining yet and there's no water. Yes, I understand. But listen, before you can collect the water, you need to make a container for God. So my question for you in the midst of what you're walking through, in the midst of your valley, have you prepared a place for the provision of God in the midst of your journey? 
Have you stopped and prepared a place? It's almost as if God is saying this. You're walking through this valley right now. And if you show me your faithfulness, or if you show me your faith, I will show you my faithfulness. If you dig it, I will fill it. (laughs) Feel the dreams, right? (laughs) If you build it, they will come. That's kind of what God is saying here in the midst of your valley. If you prepare a place for me, I will show up. You show me your faith, I will show you my faithfulness. Now yes, God's word says that even when we are faithless, he remains faithful, okay? And that is a promise that we can hold on to. But, 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 it, but it appears that throughout scripture, God opens this special door for like his provision if we prepare a place. I mean, our God's always going to be faithful. But as we're in the midst of the valley and we're in hardship and in a dry season, man, there is nothing like getting a taste of God's presence in our lives during those seasons. And God is saying here, there's a way, but you have to dig. You have to prepare the place. We saw this just a few weeks ago. Brian teaching on Mark 6 that Jesus works and moves and performs miracles when our preparation matches his provision. If you dig it, he will fill it. If you plant it, he will grow it. You have to sow your seed before God reaps the harvest. This is what God calls us to do. When you're in the valley, when you're in the battle, when you're in that dry place, how do you encounter the presence of God? You prepare for him. You prepare for him and he will provide his presence and his provision. I love those if-then statements in scripture. They're all over scripture. God says, if you draw near to me, then what? I will draw near to you. If you seek me, you will find me. Those are promises, but they are conditional promises. They are conditional promises on us stepping out in faith in the midst of our valleys when there's no water in sight and we start digging. You know, it's gonna look foolish to people. They're gonna be like, you know what else you should be doing? And they're gonna give advice and they're gonna give their wisdom and they're gonna give their input and you're just gonna be like, no, I'm good. I'm gonna dig. I'm gonna wait for God right here and I'm going to dig. I'm gonna stop and wait for God's presence. I'm gonna prepare a place. There are a hundred million other things that my mind is telling me, you gotta go do this, you gotta go do this. But I'm gonna stop in this moment and I'm gonna set aside five minutes. I'm gonna set aside 30 minutes. I'm gonna set aside as long as it takes to encounter the presence of God in this place right now because I don't have the strength to take one more step. God, I need you. Would you provide? Think about this throughout scripture. God rarely reveals himself to those people who are rushed. God rarely reveals himself to those who are rushed. And for some of you, this is what God is wanting. In the midst of the valley, as you're freaking out, trying to figure out how to get through it, God just wants you to stop. He's just like, wait for me. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. Um, It's kind of exactly what God had in mind for Carrie and I. We were going through that really hard season a couple years ago. And like I said, you know, things were going really well. We were on the mountaintop and then we started to meet as a staff and started to talk through some things that we thought might need to change and um, it it wasn't too long. A couple months later, um, Carrie and I were shown the door and we were we left, we were asked to leave the church along with seven or eight other staff members. It was the hardest, darkest season of our lives. And I remember a few weeks after all that happened, um, Carrie was out here actually, visiting family with the kids. I had a trip out to Turkey that was planned for some study stuff and 
um, I got home and I was by myself in this house and I didn't have a job and I had no idea what God had in store for us and I just remember being in our little office and I might have shared this story before. Um, it was a beautiful day out, it was August in Michigan and I was sitting there and I was reading through the Psalms and I just started breaking down crying and I was weeping and eventually I started wailing so I shut the window so my neighbors wouldn't hear <laughs> and I was literally wailing, I was literally like screaming out to God what are you doing? Things were so good. Why are we going through this right now? And where are you? And you know what? In that moment, for that day, sitting in the presence of God, he met with me there. And I had this peace that surpassed all understanding. I didn't have a job. Carrie didn't have a job. We had no idea what the future held for us. But for that moment, in that day, the peace of God flooded my life. And here's, here's what I kind of wish would have happened. I wish we would have had that moment and I would have experienced that for the months and years to come. But, but listen, it was every day. It, it, it was sitting in the midst of that valley and digging for a well every single day. God, I need you today because I don't have the strength to go one more day. And I never heard the audible voice of God. I never saw like a double rainbow in the sky to like confirm like God was there with me, but, but, but his spirit was there with me. Providing peace, contentment. Prepare for his presence. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Again, I was able to press on one day at a time, trusting that God had me, he had my family in the midst of that valley. And over these last couple of years, I've gotten to know him in ways that I would have never imagined. Remember, while we may marvel at God on the mountaintops, we venture toward intimacy with him in the valleys. And so here's, here's what I want you to walk away with today. Um, God never promised that you wouldn't have to walk through valleys. God never promised that. He only promised that you would simply never have to go through the valley alone. That's what he promised. Because he's always present even if we can't sense his presence, he is there. Why? Because he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is the ever-present God. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So this Advent season, as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and as we anticipate his second coming and his arrival again, I want us to understand all of this as more than just a mere historical event. This is more than that. I want us to know deep in our bones that we worship and serve Emmanuel, God with us, the ever-present God, not some distant deity who is far off and doesn't care, but a God who became like us a God who suffered like us, a God who hurt like us, a God who experienced pain and temptation just like us. He knows exactly what it's like to be us. He knows exactly the pain you're going through in the midst of your valley and he is right by your side. He is just waiting for you to prepare a place. He is waiting for you to dig a well and to prepare for his power and his presence and his provision in your life. That's what God's waiting for. 
So as we sing one more song, I just want to invite us to, to just stop and reflect for a moment. And you can close your eyes. Because maybe for some of us right now, this is the first time that we have just been quiet and silent and still before the Lord. And for some of you, you're on the mountaintop. You're not in the valley. Life's going well. But you've achieved what you wanted to, do, to achieve. Things are going good. But there's still this emptiness in your heart. There's this longing in your heart. Would you invite God into that space? For others, you are in the middle of the valley. And, and you don't know how you're going to get through the rest of this season. Would you just stop and invite God's presence into that? Into all the questions, into all the unknown, into the fear, into the anxieties. We just invite God's presence into that space with you right now. Surrender to him. Say, God, I can't do this on my own anymore. God, I need you. Would you, would you say that in your hearts to him right now? Lord God, we need you. We know that you are ever present with us. But God, there are times in life, there are seasons in life where it feels like you are so far away. It feels like we're all alone in the middle of the hardship, in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the valley that we're going through. God, but listen, we, we see your word. And your word says that you are there and that you are present. Your word says that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. And so God, I pray that you would honor the faith of those in this room that are drawing near to you in this moment that you would draw near to them, that you would be present with them. Lord God, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Would we, would we be a people who are dependent on you, who find our strength in you? God, we thank you for your son. We thank you that during this time of year, we celebrate the miracle of miracles that you, God, became like us. Would you open our eyes and open our hearts to the reality of that miracle, the mystery of Lord, of that miracle. Would it resonate deeply with us this Christmas season in a way that it never has before? In the midst of the hurry and the chaos and the Christmas parties and the shopping and the preparation for the, for the family gatherings, God, I pray that you would help us find a moment to be still before you and invite your presence into our lives, whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley, God, because you are the ever-present God and you are with us, we pray. Amen.